this uh, talk as well, letting God prevail are just like, there's some good ones. I saved the best footnote talks for, for group B. Just kidding. <laughs> I didn't plan it that way. <laughs> oh, yeah, we know you're, we're your favorite. <laughs> so. Yep, yep. <clears throat> so, Cameron, I, I see that you're doing um, a Passover Seder. Oh, yes. Yeah, it sounds really cool, but there's no way we could get there in time. Oh, yeah, totally. It, it just kind of for anybody that, that wanted to is, is kind of close by or whatever, but we are going to zoom it. So um, anybody that, that wants to kind of follow along, uh, I've put like the, the shopping list kind of for some of the, the typical grocery kind of things there on the Facebook page. And then okay. if you um, aren't a member of that, you can email me and we can uh, get you uh, some of that. But anyway, it's, it's really simple, especially because there's like the Seder. I'm, I'm new to this. <laughs> so I'm just going to explain what I, I've looked at this week. So <clears throat> the Seder dinner, but then for the actual dinner, you can choose whatever you want uh, and eat anything. But uh, as far as the symbolic elements, as you're going through the script and, and remembering the Exodus kind of a thing, uh, it's really simple. Um, horseradish, egg, bitter herbs, lettuce, apple like i mean it's pretty simple and, and the matzah of course the the bread christ so what are the bitter herbs um so the bitter herbs is typically the horseradish root so um if you can find that sometimes people just get like a prepared horseradish paste kind of a thing but it, whatever it is, it, the bitter herb is supposed to like bring tears. <laughs> and so I, I've seen some people substitute wasabi if they can't find horseradish, whatever. But something that's bitter that uh, is reminiscent of, of tears of the, the Egyptian or the Israelites coming out of a bondage kind of a thing. There's a lot of substitutions you can do. I mean, we're not going to be doing this like full on to the... <laughs> the exact of, of what uh, the original satyrs were, but just kind of getting an idea of it and stuff is interesting. I know the, there's a YouTube channel called uh, Messages of Christ, I think it is. Oh, uh -huh. yeah. And uh, he does he does a whole video on the the Passover Seder, and he, he goes through and explains a whole bunch of it. So yeah, I'm going to have to find that one. I found his one on on Sukkot and the, the Feast of Tabernacles, but I didn't see the, the Passover one. I'm just gonna have to dive deeper and, and find that one. I, I love that channel. It's, it's such a great one. That might be a good thing to have everybody like review beforehand so that mm -hmm. it means more. Yeah, for sure. And so um, this year we're using Avraham's uh, Haggadah, the, the Passover script um, that he gave out for free last year. So. Anyway, it's really interesting. My mom and I studied it uh, this last week, and it was like, man, there's so much information in here that, like, I need footnotes. I need to study this. <laughs> there's there's lots of great information that Avraham's put in there. Just think how smart you could be if you didn't have to go to work. I know, right? It's such a bummer. <laughs> I'm really pushing for that. Did you send us that script from Avraham? Uh -huh, yeah, I can do that. Um I don't know. Where I know. You just need to make, a there it is. make a list because you know I'm going to ask you to send stuff. 
<laughs> yes, um, the Haggadah. So I did post it on Learning Zion. It's called the, the Passover Seder um, on the, the actual website. And then I'm making a note to post it on the Facebook one as well, because I forgot to do that the other day when I posted that other. Okay. <clears throat> but yeah, so anybody that's interested that is, what do I have on my finger? Sorry. Um, I'm a little scatterbrained today. April 15th, it's a Friday at 7 p.m. Mountain Center time. If anybody wants to participate, um, we'll be just doing it full on Zoom. There's going to be a, a few people here, um, but uh, mostly kind of Zoom-based there. Our, our, our normal Zoom, same bat channel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the same link that you used to, to access tonight will be that, that same, same thing there. Same. Yep. And it will probably record it as well so that if somebody misses it, they can kind of go back and watch it or uh, whatever. It's fun because like I've I've done one Seder in my life, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't even close to anything. <laughs> We're just kind of spitballing in the dark. Um, so it'll be kind of fun to, to do this one and kind of apply it to, to what we've been learning. And anyway, especially with Come Follow Me and Old Testament this year, I think it'll kind of resonate a lot. <clears throat> Anyway, um, getting started, let's see. I don't even know where, oh, groupie, sorry. I was looking in totally wrong place. Um, let's see, Nancy, would you give us an opening prayer? Sure. Our dear Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for the opportunity that we have to gather with friends from around the country to study the words of thy prophet. And we ask that that would help us to have our minds and our hearts opened so that we can catch the meanings of the things that he would have us know so that we can understand how best to let thee prevail in our lives. We are grateful for this opportunity and ask for thy spirit to attend us at this time. We pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you. <clears throat> All right, so we are doing uh, studying President Nelson's talk, Let God Prevail. It's chapter 50, page 131, if you're in the, the compilation book. Um, for Rebecca that, that's new, I put together a book. I don't know if Nancy explained it to you, but um, I just formatted all of President Nelson's words as if they're scripture. So they're in chapter and verse format and with footnotes and all that kind of stuff. Uh, they look exactly like they're the scriptures. Um, so we'll be referencing like verses and, and stuff a lot, but um, it, every paragraph in the original text is a verse. So if we say like it's in the fifth verse, just count down five paragraphs and, and find it. That's okay. I have the book of Nelson. It's good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. I sent it to her. I sent right. it to her. <laughs> I yep. got it covered. <laughs> <laughs> good. I love it. Um, so, yeah, I one thing that was very interesting, just kind of speaking of, of the project, when I was putting together all of President Nelson's words, um, a, a footnote in, in this one, footnote C, that's on page 132, um, he says, I have spoken of Israel in at least 378 of the more than 800 messages I have delivered during my 36 years as an apostle. And if you've counted how many talks that I've compiled that I could find. I mean, like I scoured and I, I tried to find as many of his talks as I could. 
it's nowhere near that. I don't even have like the 378. <laughs> so uh, there's a lot of talks, you know, state conferences and, and things like that, where, you know, we just don't have those. But those numbers really kind of surprised me. Over 800 messages and 378 of them have been uh, talking about um, Israel. I, I found that very interesting. Uh, his process there in verse two and three uh, just kind of talking about three, I have studied the gathering, prayed about it, feasted upon every related scripture and asked the Lord to increase my understanding. And I was like, Phew, I'm nowhere near that. <laughs> Maybe I need to uh, do that deep dive. You know how he gives like different kind of homework assignments, not necessarily um, always an invitation, but he, he does lots of different uh, kind of things like, hey, this is a really cool study to do. Sometimes he challenges us to do it. Sometimes he doesn't. But I think that that one's going to be uh, rising on my list of to, to study about the gathering and about Israel, like he talks about there in, in footnote C. It really is so important. Anyway, that's just kind of like introduction or whatever. What are your guys' um, thoughts and takeaways kind of overall from, from this talk? Well, I have a question and it's, it's related to a question somebody in one of my online groups asked, you know, they said, we talk about, you know, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Well, Abraham was the new name that he got, right? Not Abram. Um, yeah. You know, why do we, and we don't know Isaac's and Jacob's name was changed to Israel. So why is it not Abraham, Isaac, and Israel? Why is it Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Mm-hmm. As a great question. And I wonder if it's that way, like when when Jews refer to it in the original Hebrew language, are they using Abraham's new name versus the the, the previous or or what? Because I mean it's definitely stuck in the English anyway, Abraham, mm -hmm. Isaac, and Jacob. Like I've mm -hmm. never actually thought about that before. <laughs> that that's so intriguing. Yeah, because you know, he, he talks about everything has in, about it has intrigued me, including the ministries and names of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, their yeah. lives, their wives, the covenants God made with them extended through their lineage, you know, and, and everything about that. But he didn't even talk about that, you know, I'm like, we just, we just say Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but Jacob is Israel. So why is it not? Anyway, just something to get your, your minds spinning, I suppose. Yeah. I've heard that um, kind of a, a question along that same lines of Joseph is so important to the story. Why is it not Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph? Why do we only focus on the three patriarchs rather than, than the four and stuff? That's where I thought you were going. And then you threw me a curveball. I was like, I don't even know. That That's a very interesting one to ponder. <laughs> Are you going to contact President Nelson he can fill in the rest of the talks that you got missing yeah exactly you know when we do our author chat this next week that's what we're going to yeah. be asking him. definitely one of the questions we should ask <laughs> the closest thing we'll get to an author chat with him is to all watch general conference next week yep. <laughs> speaking that we are not having um a zoom next week is that correct Correct. Yeah. So all of the groups are going to have a bye week next week. Um, our, our like immediate and extended family often do like a general conference chat and, and stuff that week. And so mm -hmm. it's just kind of a, a bye week for the book clubs. 
Okay. Sorry, because yeah. I was thinking, you know, we could all just get together and talk about what our favorite things were, you know, at conference, because you know yeah. we're all going to have them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I mean, we can do it like earlier on in the day if, if we need to, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're already doing one with your family. <laughs> I know. Sometimes I have to spend time with them too. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's interesting. I don't know. It keeps popping in my head just barely of like, well, if you have a question, like what do they always tell us to do going into conference? Write your questions down and they'll get answered kind of a thing. Whether or not President Nelson comes out and says, why Abraham's <laughs> new name versus uh, Jacob's old name kind of thing. But like, I think that there might be some some interesting things there. Like that's one of the questions that I kind of want answered. And so like writing those things down. <clears throat> there you go. So fun, I love that. Hmm. You know, in verse four, he talks about the, um, you know, he introduces the meaning of let God prevail being for the word, you know, Israel. And you know, every time I, I hear these things, you know, this person's name means this and this person's name means that, I always stop and I go, did the name come first or did the meaning come first? I've right? always heard that too, yeah. You know, now Benjamin, right? You know, we just have studied about how Jacob changed Benjamin's name to Benjamin, but we know Ben is son, right? So that makes <laughs> sense that Benjamin, son of my right hand, would, you know, the meaning came, he had that meaning in mind, so that's what he called him. But for Israel, you know, did, did they, did the pieces of the name Israel actually mean let God prevail? Or does the name Israel mean let God prevail because of Jacob's wrestle and because he let God prevail in his life? Mm -hmm. Israel. So the L would be God. Yeah. So Isra, what is what are those? So maybe it does. Uh because Ra is like son of, right? Or is that no, that's Egyptian, sorry. <laughs> no, but I mean it's it's a lot of the same, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, maybe very intriguing. So that's a that's another thing. Um but, you know, then he goes on and says the very name of Israel refers to a person who is willing to let God prevail in his or her life. You know, are we willing to let God prevail in our lives? Are we willing to do whatever it is he wants us to go through, to handle, to experience? You know, mm -hmm. all good questions we need to ask ourselves. Exactly. So this is, I'm not trying to play devil's advocate here at all. Promise me, but <laughs> um, not promise me, trust me. Um, but when he says, so imagine my delight, this is verse four, when I was led recently to a new insight and that Israel means let God prevail. But like going back through all of his additional talks, he has one conference talk and one BYU talk back in 1980 that talk about that principle. Israel means let God prevail and he gives a whole talk on it. And so the Bible dictionary. Uh-huh. Yeah. Bible dictionary and stuff. It's like, I, I wonder what he's referring to here when he says, when I was led recently to a new insight. 
because I, it's definitely not new to him, but like, what's the new insight that he's getting for us? And he bases this, this new talk around it. I, I found that very kind of intriguing. Well, and, if, he did, if he gave that original information in 1980, and it, it just might be attention again, not mm-hmm. suppose 20 years, have to call it brand new. That's 80, <laughs> 40 years. 40 years. So yeah. even now, you know, math is not always as good as it could be. He, he might have <laughs> He might have forgotten about it. How many times have we learned yeah. something and even talked about it and then gone on to other things and not remembered it, but then have it brought back to yeah, us? And then it, hits, it hits you in a new way, just like other concepts do. So then it seems yeah. new. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So if anyone wants to reference those, uh, chapter seven of the Book of Nelson. Um, so it's in volume one. Anyway, the talk is called What's in a Name? And it's delivered at BYU Provo. It's one of the best talks of all time. Like it's it's a must read if um, you haven't read that one. He goes through and breaks down so many biblical names in there. Uh, El, Yahweh, Yehovah, um, Israel, like all of these things and, and talks about suffix and prefix. And anyway, it's one of the, the best talks of all time on what's in a name and um when i shared it with my mom she's like holy cow if i would have read that talk i would have named my kids different <laughs> like what's in a name there it we have a sacred responsibility in the naming of things and i found that very kind of interesting just uh you know, every time that the naming process comes up in scripture, we have Adam naming the, the animals and the things. And um, anytime that God names somebody or changes a name or anyway, I found that very interesting in relation to this talk that we're studying tonight, um, that letting hey, God prevail principle. Hey, Cameron. Um, so you were talking about you were talking about him recently led to a new insight. And um, he says, thus, the very name of Israel refers to a person who is willing to let God prevail in his or her life. And so in the very next verse, it says the word willing is crucial to this interpretation. So we all have our agency. We can choose to be of Israel or not. We can choose to let God prevail in our lives or not. We can choose to let God be the most important, powerful and the most powerful influence in our lives or not. So maybe that, to me, that is telling us what his new insight is, that that the word willing and choosing an agency is such a huge, important part of letting God, God prevail in our lives. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know. I love that. And kind of like looking at these talks in context, right? I mean, April conference, we have kind of the disruption of, of COVID and it's just kind of right on the heels of COVID coming to the States. And here we have the, the whole summer to reflect and, and seeing how it's panning out and, and the fear and panic and just kind of disarray that, that the world is in. And he's like praying and preparing for, for the October conference and going, how, what can I do to help people and stuff? And uh, kind of this insight here of letting God prevail, it stirs his soul and um, that that interpretation there that you were uh, just talking about, where um, the the word willing uh, being a crucial part of that, how many of us are, are willing in 
even the chaos of our lives to let God prevail, not just the good times, but, but also the, uh, the ups and downs. Yeah, I love that. And you're talking about names going into verse six. You know, he even talks about Peniel, which means the face of God, right? So mm -hmm. even that was an important name. Um, you know, yeah, that was where he wrestled with God. He saw the face of God and then God changed his name. Yeah. And doesn't Jacob also go to Bethel? Is he the one that names that or was that Abraham that names Bethel? I can't remember. But um, anyway, meaning the house of God. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I think he goes there, but I think Abraham named it. Mm -hmm. That's what it's kind of seeming like, if I remember. But anyway, isn't it interesting that there in verse six, that Jacob demonstrated. So it's not just the fact that he was willing, but he was actually put to a test and was willing and, and proved it. And in response, he got a new name and got the blessings renewed or, or pronounced upon his head. That, that he was seeking. So, um, you know, I, as we've went through Isaiah decoded and, uh, you know, the, the ladder to heaven and, and all that kind of stuff, like we have tests along our life to show that we are willing and those tests can resp uh, result in the actual blessings being pronounced and uh, having us realize higher ministering uh, gifts and, and capabilities and, and things like that. Um, <clears throat> you know, one of the, the big things that come out of 2020 is us being put to the test in many different ways so that we could uh, rise to, to new statures and uh, help gather Israel in, in new and profound ways. Mm -hmm. Well, and uh, in footnote G, he talks about the name, you know, the word Israel appears more than a thousand times in the scriptures and it can apply to Jacob's family of 12 sons plus daughters, right? But, um, and it can apply geographically as place, which we know with the um, nation, you know, country of Israel, but it's doctrinal use. So when we look at the doctrine of what Israel means, it's doctrinal use applies to people who are willing to let God prevail in their lives. And I think that's where he gives us a hint of, you know, this is doctrine. So he's not just pontificating on um, Jacob's name or, or whatever, or giving us a, a, um, a linguistics lesson. Mm -hmm. He's teaching us some new doctrine yeah. that maybe we haven't had before that we need to let God prevail. And I think that's gonna be so important in the coming years because there are gonna be so many things that are gonna happen and we have to, we're gonna to wanna to fix it. We're gonna to wanna to rush in and try to you know, defend mm -hmm. things or do whatever. And we need to let God fight his own battles. We need to let him prevail, let him take charge and, and let him handle it in his time and his way. And, mm -hmm. and I think that's something that a lot of us don't want to do. We want to, we know how to fix this. We need to do this. You know, we need to fight this or, or whatever. You know what I mean? Without, mm -hmm. I don't, don't want to open that can of worms. 
exactly. And I think that um, not just letting God prevail, but being willing to let God prevail and, and choosing to let God prevail. I mean, and how many other talks have we heard about, you know, Heavenly Father wants us to choose to follow him, not just follow him, mm-hmm. but to choose to follow him. So, you know, I think he's just, he's just hitting this concept home that we, we need to be willing and to choose to follow yeah. Heavenly Father. Yeah. It's not just like a, a blind obedience kind of a thing. It's not just right. letting God prevail, like stepping aside and letting him do things, but, but actually active. We're not completely hands off. We're letting him call the shots. And then if we still have to do something, we're there and available to do it, but yeah. we're letting him have the strategy and to show us what to do next. So it's not like, okay, it's all yours, chief. I'm going to sit back over here and watch. I'm going to be the armchair quarterback and watch you run the place. Yeah, give me a bowl of popcorn. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of like the, the creation narrative, right? Where uh, he's calling the shots, but we're the, the ones enacting his plan. Uh, we're not the ones, you know, drafting up like, oh yeah, day two should be waters and, and things. We're, we're the ones going and returning and reporting kind of a thing and uh, being the instruments in his hands. And there in, in six, it talks about Jacob's res- wrestle and what that was about was his agency was tested there. So mm-hmm. there you, again, you have that agency, the willingness. He, he was willing to let God prevail. Yeah, he demonstrated that he was willing to let God prevail in his life. Yep. Mm-hmm. We're all going to have that wrestle. You know, I, I think that's going to be that's going to be the one of those things that separates the wheat from the tares is the is that wrestle when we get to the point where we are willing to give up 100% control of the strategy of our lives to the Lord and uh, but be willing to do the work that He tells us to do. So it, it's kind of like you're your own boss, but you let somebody else be your strategist because you completely uh, trust in his abilities and his uh, 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 way to make things happen. And I think that's, that's the big wrestle. That's what Enos had to go through. I mean, he wrestled all day and all night in order to get his taken care of. Mm-hmm. But I, it's going to be something that we're all going to have to do. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. that. Uh-huh. Go for it. Jacob proved what was most important to him. And I think especially in the world that we're in right now, where we live so much in Babylon and there's so many things that the world is telling us was supposed to be important to us and so many things that our culture tells us should be important. Um, So many material things, right? Um, how How many of us have had kids who have broken something in our house and we get so angry at the children because they broke a thing but the child is more important than the thing right and Mm. and and so that kind of shows how out of out of sync we are with what's most important but we need to prove what is truly most important to us is it our house is it our car is it our job is it our um status our prestige our money our you know whatever what it where does our 
true loyalty lie? Mm-hmm. With him or with one of the world's idols? Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, what does he uh, tell us there in, in verse nine? He's iterated this, you know, throughout his apostolic years, but so much since he's become prophet. Um, as an essential prelude to the second coming of the Lord, it is the most important work in the world, the, the gathering of Israel, that the prophets have foretold and we are living it. And so um, verse 11, I think is, is key. This was the one that like I took from this talk and like printed this out, put it up on my wall. So I always remembered this, but we're speaking of gathering Israel on both sides of the belt. Anytime that we do anything that helps anyone on either side of the veil to make and keep their covenants with God, we are helping to gather Israel. I think that that was just like, it was my mantra for a long time. (laughs) I'd have to make sure to, to keep this at the the forefront and not just kind of passively let the, the gathering take place. You know, if I'm called upon, I'll go do this, but being proactive and uh, using exhausting my efforts, my day in gathering Israel, helping anyone at any time do anything that helps them make and keep covenants with God. I think that's, that's so key into um, our own tests of agency kind of thing. Are we going to be like idolatrous and just kind of take some me time and do whatever, or are we going to, to help people make and keep sacred covenants? Cause it can take so many different forms. And I think that's kind of a, an interesting topic. Like we were talking about, you know, God's the architect and, and we're following his plan, but, uh, he lets us, um, uh, be co-creators with him in how that process looks and feels and, and the nuances from the day-to-day uh, as we go to him, return and report regularly and kind of get new instructions. And then, I don't know, play it by ear is the wrong word, but, you know, kind of uh, do it in tandem. Well, and I love how in verse 10, it says it's an individual saga saga excuse me of expanding faith and spiritual courage so it's it's got to start with us to be able to expand to everyone um so you know the whole moat and beam thing i think applies here you know i need to need to help myself before i can help you so i think this is i i just thought that was interesting how individualized it is when you think of gathering israel like if nobody's doing it, then nobody's doing it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, exactly. I love that. There's another. There was another verse that um, reminded me of that too, Becky. When you said that, you know, we have to strengthen ourselves before we strengthen others. That let's see. I think it was thirty. It said during these perilous times of which the apostle Paul prophesied, Satan is no longer even trying to hide his attack women. Is that the right one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, hide his attacks on God's plan, emboldened evil abounds. Therefore, the only way to survive spiritually is to be determined to let God prevail in our lives, to learn to hear his voice, and to get, use our energy to help gather Israel. So to me, I mean, when I read that, I, I don't know. It just felt like that we need to do that to help gather gather Israel, just like you said, to strengthen ourselves 
and then go and gather the rest of everyone else and help them and strengthen them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I love that concept. And I love how he talks about being determined to let God prevail. Like, do we really want it or not? Like, yeah. I love that. You know, if back in uh, in verse 10, at the very end, he says, um, uh, let's see, Latter-day Saint Covenant, we have been charged to assist the Lord in this pivotal work. Um, and it, and it kind of brought something to mind. When I was uh, uh, about 15 years ago, I worked in a paper mill, and uh, part of our work was wrapping large rolls of paper. We had rolls of paper that were up to uh, 2,000 pounds a piece, and they were um, they were 58 inches long and, and uh, 16 inches in diameter. Sometimes they would be kicked off the line, and they wouldn't line up on our wrapping machines. So here it is we had this big long big long tube of paper that was crooked and we couldn't fix it but one of our uh, one of our ingenious guys he found out he could take a piece of cardboard and fold it into a triangle and he could uh, run one of the tips of the triangle at the center point of this roll of paper and if we got one person on on the end um, they could roll this roll of this 2,000 pound roll of paper up on that cardboard at the pivot point, and we could manipulate that roll of paper enough to get it straightened up. So I kind of thought about that when I was thinking about this thing that how it may be a small point in in there in the scheme of things, but large uh, work can be done on just a small pivot. So I guess that that's one of those instances in life where you know this working of the temple and taking on the responsibility of gathering israel on both sides of the veil is a as a very instrumental and an incremental part of the work and so that that really uh, that that word pivotal work stood out to me quite a bit mm-hmm. yeah i love that I'm, i mean pivotal i never associated it with like a pivot point and uh, how that that relates to it, it's a great kind of object lesson to point that in there. Well, and that's also, you know, ties in with the scripture, you know, by small things mm-hmm. are great things brought to pass, right? It seems like such a small thing for us to just go in and go to the temple and do temple work or to do this little bit on family history or to just do a little bit of indexing or to, you know, all, they're all just little small things, mm-hmm. but they add up to this great work that does so much more. Yeah, it, the video keeps popping in my head of, uh, I don't know, one of the like Mormon video things or whatever that they used to have of, you never know how much good you do, like this young single mom or whatever that's just kind of going crazy and doesn't realize all of the the great things. I mean, she's kind of caught up in in her, the stress of the day-to-day that she she forgets that she's been gathering Israel all day long, uh, helping out in in so many different ways. But by small and simple things, great things brought to pass. I love them. And then as as we move on, and he talks about the, the, his granddaughter-in-law, 
Mm -hmm. Right. How would you like to be brought up in general conference in that negative way? You're like, oh. Well, you know, he did use a fake name. Yeah. Name, right? I'll call her Jill. Now, if her name really was Jill, that's 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 even bad. You know, whatever. <laughs> I'm sure at that point you know, right? But yep. you know, his his word myopic at first it seems so gruff and so uncaring and so really you don't have compassion or whatever but when you think about it what it really means it means that the the lord cares more about our immortal soul than what happens in this physical body because you know we're just here for a we're here for a short time you know blink of an eye so to speak in in our um eternal uh existence and yeah. and so the lord knows that god knows that he knows that this is so little and we like to think that things are so grand and important here yeah. <laughs> but really really um it's such a small part and and we can't be expected to be perfect right all we all we can do is avail ourselves of the atonement and repent. And as long as we do that, then we're not slowed down, right? And so really being so, being so caught up in what happens to our physical tabernacles really is myopic in the grand scheme of things. Mm -hmm. and, and I think this this thought right here so many people were getting carried off track um wanting to not follow the prophet wanting to not sustain the prophet um because of vaccines and things like that but really you know he's told us the most important thing is this work and this is temple work and this is this is the most important thing we can be doing on the earth right now. And, and if we listen to that and we go, okay, so that means, yes, we're in bondage and the most important to go to do the most important work, we have to wear a stinking mask, you know, in the temple. And, you know, as much as I didn't like to do that. Right. Um, but what's the most important thing, you know, what are we proving to the Lord of what is most important to us? Mm -hmm. or, you know is his work the most important thing or is is something physical that's a a temporal temporary thing more important um i know so many people who are struggling with that and okay. and still are you know even though you know they're not needed in the temple anymore but they're struggling with the fact that we even had to do it right mm -hmm. um but i i, I keep going back to the most important what's most important to us what's most important to the lord and are we being myopic in some of our thought processes and most of the time probably the answer is yes mm -hmm. yeah i mean if we're honest if we're honest about things we really are probably pretty myopic because we look at how things relate to us personally and instead of the grand scheme of things yeah, I like what um, Jill said there in 14. So, I mean, just the fact that that Wendy 
goes and tells her what the prophet said kind of thing and um was initially <laughs> devastated but she said i was hoping for grandfather to promise me a miracle for my dad i kept wondering why the word myopic was the one he felt compelled to say and so like how many times did we have different expectations for what the prophet should do or or anything during the whole process or or you know any prophet right it can apply our expectations being me centric versus okay no the most important thing is always building israel gathering israel this is uh when we we lose focus of oneself those that that lose their life shall find it kind of a, a principle there uh, it kind of comes down to expectations and checking our expectations regularly uh, am i expecting the prophet or uh, my grandfather to to give me a certain thing or is that myopic and i need to look broader to israel uh, i thought that that was such a key principle being brought out there uh, jill's response is, is amazing you know, uh, as she says at the very end of 15, myopic has led me to God. That's not always the case, but as we um, take criticism or when the spirit kind of might rebuke us or, or uh, tell us a different path that, that we should be taking personally, um, to take that negativity. And as he said before, the metanoeo principle, repent, return, and uh, come out of it kind of a thing so that particular principle myopic was started out to be a curt and um a short unpleasant answer over time turned out to be a great and wonderful answer mm -hmm. right so that particular principle could also be applied to any other counsel that he has given to other people than jill even the fact that it could be safe and effective or uh, good global citizens or whatever you know it could be apparently very unpleasant to begin with but given time because the focus is on gathering israel maybe all will if we're praying for it and earnestly asking the lord then he will make it known and it will become wonderful and and expand to huge a huge size just like it did for uh jill and we will understand why he said what he said, why they did what they did. And, and I guess that's, you know, the question that maybe so many people need to ask is, Lord, why did you have them do this? You know, help me to see the why. Mm -hmm. Because it's a very, it's a, it's a hard thing for me to hear, right? It's a hard thing for me to hear something that I don't think is accurate or true so why did why did they say that you know it's just like why yeah. did the lord tell abraham to lie and call sarah his sister mm -hmm. right um we we know now going back because we're told in the scriptures you, you need to say this so that you're not killed <laughs> you know yeah. so you know we understand that why so maybe the question we need to ask the lord you know, if we're not getting the answer for the question, we need to change our question and say, okay, can you show me why, why you, you, why you had him do this? I think it's very interesting though, that president Nelson was using that word back in April of, or sorry, October, 2020. Is that when this was like April, or October? Mm -hmm. Yeah. October. So this would have been before all of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
So he, you know, so he had that wider perspective, the gathering Israel perspective before the vaccines came up. Right. It was the pretest answers to the pretest. <laughs> yep. We were given the pretest, and then when the real test came out, we missed it. Doggone it! But then, <laughs> wait, time. Ah, the light bulb is coming on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because like looking at this, you know, that was the. I mean, it didn't even hit my radar at the time, but now looking back, we can see some of that stuff clearer. Like Nancy was talking about with uh, the Sarah test and everything. There, it's like, oh, <laughs> what prophetic. Um, help he was giving us uh, ahead of time, preparing us for it. So does that mean he is a prophet? He is a seer? He's a revelator? <laughs> yeah, it's so crazy. Well, I, I have used that, you know, that myopic, right? There, there have been so many people over the last six months that have have asked me questions and stuff, and I'm like, I, I come back to myopic a lot. Um, <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's a curse of our generation, isn't it? Like, it's, it's one of the things, it, my little tape flag just says myopic on it, right? <laughs> yep. I went and found where it was and I come back here so much because that's such an important point that we need to know now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. So kind of uh, dovetailing off of that into verse 23, I love this list of questions. Let's see how many are there? One, two, three, four. So six questions. And um, so, he, I mean, he kind of precursors this by, by talking about race and how God is no respecter of persons here. But um, he says, are you willing to let God prevail in your life? Are you willing to let God be the most important influence in your life? Will you allow his words, his commandments, and his covenants to influence what you do each day? I sorry, I should have like done this as well. Um, but just the last April 2020 conference, he introduces like the uh, new temple interview questions, right? And that's what I have wrote out to the side here. It's like, this is kind of like a, a, an interesting version of a temple interview question of like, when we're meeting the savior, or, uh, you know, kind of returning and reporting, are we able to answer these questions properly? Anyway, will you allow his words, his commandments, and his covenants to influence what you do each day? Will you allow his voice to take priority over any other? Are you willing to let whatever he needs you to do take precedence over every other ambition? Are you willing to have your will swallowed up in his? Anyway, I just, I absolutely love verse 23. I mean, it, it's another one that I need to just post on my wall and just kind of self-evaluate all the time. What are my answers to those questions? And if any of them are unsatisfactory, what do I need to do to change to, to make every day a little bit better in those uh, Israel principles? And you notice how these are all asking us yes or no, right? Mm -hmm. Are we willing? It's all about choice and agency. Will we allow its choice and agency Agency is the primary thing that Heavenly Father has given us, and He does not trample on. He does not trample on our agency because we are here to choose. Mm -hmm. to, to choose everything. It's the wrestle. When you can say yes to all of those questions, then you know the wrestle is over. Mm. Yeah. 
they all say, are you willing or, or will mm -hmm. you? Yeah. Yeah. And then 24, consider how such willingness could bless you. Like <laughs> the Lord is just wanting to, to shower out his blessings and his blessings come as we lose ourselves and get to work and gather Israel. Um, uh, for the most part, I mean, you know, there's lots of different covenant blessings and, and curses and stuff, but anyway, it was just uh, such an impactful talk to me in uh, reviewing it. It was the first time too. Uh, this was the talk that, you know, kind of led me to uh, study Abraham with, with all y'all and um, <laughs> start doing it. But like, really going back and studying this and like, okay, I am recommitting myself to keep this at the forefront, to review this talk often, to, to make sure that um, these principles are being enacted in greater measure all along the, the way, letting God prevail. Uh, you know, as we're kind of like ascending the ladder, you know, uh, kind of revamping as new challenges uh, come upon us and, and things that we... Am I saying that? Because gathering Israel sometimes takes different forms. Um, you know, <laughs> to to kind of put it in very uh, opposite uh, ends of the spectrum. Does gathering Israel on the Jacob Israel level look the same as it does on the Seraphim level? And uh, how does that that differ throughout the different stages of our lives? Um, uh, that was just kind of a, a introspective question I was asking throughout uh, this talk. It was like, how has gathering Israel evolved as I have um, made and, and kept covenants and, and, and progressing along the covenant path? But it kind of comes back to the same questions that it talks about there in verse 23. kind of off that verse 28 where it says um when your greatest desire is to let god prevail to be part of israel so many decisions become easier so many issues become non-issues have you guys felt that in your own lives like <laughs> when you, you are out of the myopic uh, tendencies but uh, uh, so many issues are just eh, I, I don't worry about that anymore it's not my my thing i don't get mired down like i i normally would have back then or, or whatever uh, i find that that seems to be a, a very true principle for me anyway i like verse 26 too if you have sincere questions about the gospel of the church as you choose to let god prevail you will be led to find and understand the absolute eternal truths that will guide your life and help you stay firmly on the covenant path yeah that's like, that's, you know, as so many people are worrying and wondering about things, that's an important verse. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, President Nelson always talks about like absolute truths or divine laws and, and things like that. Um, I, I really love that absolute that, that it says there in, in verse 26. Um, mm-hmm. Truth is not relative. The world would like to tell you that my truth can be different from your truth and that that truth is uh, is changeable and things like that. And and he says, no, these are absolute eternal truths. These are not 
they're not variable, they're not up for discussion, they're not up for interpretation. Truth is truth. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, in the footnote um, on the previous page, mm -hmm. I found it very interesting. Everything that he wrote out for footnote for T, right? Huh. Yeah. Being of Israel is not for the faint of heart. I mean, this is like this is like a separate little side talk for yeah. those people who read the footnote, right? To receive all the blessings that God has in store for Abraham's seed, we can each expect to be given our own unique Abrahamic test. God will test us, as the prophet Joseph Smith taught, by wrenching at our very heartstrings. That's a whole nother talk. <laughs> yep. You know, the exactly. people who don't read the footnotes, they miss out on so much. But, you know, we each, we've talked about that. We've talked about having our own Abrahamic test, right? When we've studied Abraham. But, you know, here it is now for him to say, to receive these, you know, and it's not for the faint of heart. I mean, you know, what if he were to put that in his, his talk there or whatever? Being a visual is not for the faint of heart. I'd be like, what? what? As it comes in the footnotes, it's very interesting. So the people who want more, the people who are seeking for more, the people who are, are willing to go that extra mile are going to get this extra information. And those people who just listen to it and are busy doing something else's conferences playing and they just washes over them and oh yeah I, I i listen to the conference talks they're not gonna because they're not studying it they're gonna miss it mm -hmm. yeah it's interesting going through the whole project of, of putting together his words and stuff his footnotes are so intense throughout the uh, intense as in quantity um throughout the apostolic years when he becomes prophet they reduce down like into short little like precious gold nuggets here like there's not a lot of footnotes to to his talks compared to to the earlier years but um what is here is is amazing all of those footnotes are great but um these ones and that makes this even more important yeah this exactly more significant yeah it's just reduced down and just like so powerful uh, like that like carbon diamond kind of thing it's just like it's pressurized and and these are the 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 jewels the nuggets that that are here for us <laughs> there's one talk back in the early 90s i believe where the footnotes are longer than the actual talk like i mean it the talks like this big and the footnotes go on for pages <laughs> it was kind of a crazy one i was like what happened there i don't even know Hey, did you ever reformat um, first through fourth Nelson with the breaks for like first Nelson, second Nelson, third Nelson to start at the top of a new page? Oh, did you ever do that? I have not. It is my my sticky note right here. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's I was asking me if I'd printed them, and I'm like, no, because Cameron was supposed to reformat them. So um, I got to do that. If if you if you could please, so yeah. that I can. So that I can use up my two and a half reams of nice heavy paper that I bought for it. If you build it, we will print. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, yeah, I'll get that that done. I know. I just added one more thing to your list. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's something that I should have done right off the bat. Like I, I've got it, and it can easily be tweaked. I just gotta do it, and I've got to get like the the title page, the table of contents done for for that volume one as well. 
that way, you know, that way I don't have first Nelson and second Nelson across pages. You know what I'm saying? I can break them up into small manageable bite-sized chunks like this instead of a, you know, like that. The massive book, yeah. <laughs> the whole ring. I don't think I have rings big enough for those. <laughs> yep. Um, you see where he noticed, I, I mean, I noticed when he broke it up, he made distinction. He said, uh, uh, like in 21, mm -hmm. it's not determined by the, uh, let's see. Um, no, I think it was where he talked about 20, 20 mm -hmm. where he talks about black and white bond and free male and female. Yeah. Now. I noticed he said black and white, but since we're all on the outside, we're all different colors on the outside, but all on the inside, we're all the same. That would but there is a difference. He did recognize that there's a difference, but he also said bond and free. And there are some of us who are still bond, but the Lord is still watching over us and male and female. Mm -hmm. And the world today is trying to completely uh, blur all of those distinctions yeah. and, and make things so that they we can't really follow, we can't distinguish what they are. In this particular case, I don't think it's so much the fact that there are differences, is the fact that there are um, set laws, natural laws that are established and that's one of the things that president nelson now i know he was using the terminology that comes from the scriptures but i think that also there's something deeper in there having to do with natural laws that the logic of man right now is trying to eliminate because it's those natural laws that actually bring about success and and progression and the adversary is trying to, to destroy all of those boundaries so that that progression never happens. Mm -hmm. and another thing that I think of, you know, whenever I hear, you know, black and white, right. And we, and we hear about that. Um, I think in, I think of it more as light like, like instead of sin, instead of skin color, it's more of light, mm -hmm. you know, so black is an, absence of light and white is a lot of light so if we look at it that way he invites all to come to us those who don't have any light and those who have a lot of light those who are in bondage right today most of us are and those who are free those who are male and those who are female and you know just see those con the, the the contrast there contrast there mm -hmm. right yeah yeah i love that insight i hadn't put that in there or whatever but yeah it makes a lot of sense the, the light and darkness yeah it's kind of interesting as i was reading through it i was like okay why is why is he uh spending you know three four verses on on race and stuff but then i'm like going back in context of what was happening and i was like Oh yeah, we we did have some some racial wars back in uh, October of 2020, didn't we? I had kind of myopically kind of <laughs> forgot about some of that and uh, what the the world was was experiencing, especially our, our United States. 
Yeah, I think he, I mean, I think he was referring to black and white even more in the literal sense in this instance, just because of what follows it with 21 and 22 and then with the history of what was going on that summer. But I do think we still think there's value to what you said, Nancy, as far as, you know, other meanings of it, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I know, I, I know, I think he was referring to that, you know, what was happening that summer and everything with all the riots, but, you know, as I was reading that and with the footnote, right, yeah. that, that really is, um, you know, with that footnote comes that additional thing. So yeah, on the surface level, that's what he's referring to. But aren't we seeing that everywhere else in all of his talks? He's got mm-hmm. the surface level. And then there's the deeper level and, and we can stay on the surface level and yes, we can get stuff, but just like all the other prophets in the scriptures, right? You can take their things at multiple levels and it's so enlightening. Yeah. In verse 21, he does say, I assure you that standing before God is not determined by your skin color. That's not what provides the disfavor. It's your amount of light or your amount of darkness is what creates the disfavor with the Lord. And he's always there to give you more light. But oftentimes, if we are full of darkness and we're not looking to the light, then it's not so much he's upset with you. It's just the fact that he's sad that you're not looking to him for the answer. So it's us turning the back instead of us looking to the light. And sorry, I hadn't seen this in the chat when Elle posted this. It looks like it was a while back, but um, uh, this uh, she's an English major and kind of dissecting the words of letting God prevail. Uh, very great article. I need to spend some time and go through it, but um, yeah, so fun. I, I, I love that President Nelson's like this wordsmith and is always defining and dissecting words and stuff. And so it'll be fun to kind of go through uh, this article and... Uh, do kind of that deep dive just on those three simple words. Anything else in, in this talk or, or the conference that you'd like to finish up on? I mean, there was, there was one more thing that, um, that I had kind of thought about. It was clear back, we're kind of going backwards in um, 17. Now this is kind of long. <laughs> I'm gonna read the whole thing, but um, we often, in the middle of 17, we often pray that we, we and the missionaries will be led to those who are prepared to receive the truth of the restored gospel of Jesus Christ. I wonder to whom we would be led when we plead to find those who are willing to let God prevail, prevail in their lives. We may be led to some who have never believed in God or Jesus Christ, but who are now yearning to learn about them and their plan of happiness. Others may have been born in the covenant, but have wandered away from the covenant path. They may now be ready to repent, return, and let God prevail. We can assist them by welcoming them with open arms and hearts, and some to whom we may be led may have always felt there was something missing in their lives. They too are longing for the wholeness and joy that come to those who are willing to let God prevail in their lives. And I don't know, the feeling I got when I, when I read that passage, I thought, you know what, so many times we have a preconceived notion on who is going to accept the gospel and who isn't, you know, oh, they're not going to, I'm not even going to worry about that. They, they would not be interested. Um, but really, 
you know, he says, I wonder to whom we would be led when we plead to find those who are willing to let God prevail. So we, we just really need to pray for the spirit to, to lead us to those that are ready because they may not be the ones that we think are ready. You know, Heavenly Father is the one that knows whether they are ready to hear the gospel or not. And that's, that's what kind of jumped out at me when I read that. So yeah. I don't know if that makes sense to anyone else, but. <laughs> yeah, I love 17. When I read that, I was like, holy cow, that was kind of like a hidden invitation to change the way we pray. And I didn't even catch it the first go around, but he's like, we often pray this way, but I wonder what would happen if we prayed for this instead. And I was like, wait a minute, did I change the way that I prayed based on the October 2020 conference? If not, what am I doing? I need to change. Like, we often pray for this specific phrase, that we that the missionaries be led to those who are prepared to receive the truths of the restored gospel. But here's a better way. I wonder to whom we would be led when we plead to find those who are willing to let God prevail in their lives. Um, anyway, I was like, crap, <laughs> I didn't change the way that I prayed. And this is like number one on my list of, <laughs> I try to keep like this, this running prayer roll kind of at, at my bed or whatever. And this one just bumped up to number one. It's like, use this phrase instead. I, I didn't do it the first go around. And um, anyway, I, I think it, that's a monumental verse right there. Kind of like this hidden nugget, this hidden invitation, because he does uh, very blatant invitations, but this one's just kind of like a, huh, here's something to try. <laughs> Yeah, I love that too. I wanted to touch on verse 30 for just a second. Mm -hmm. Because we really see this. It says, uh, Satan is no longer even trying to hide his attacks on God's plan. He's emboldened. And we really see that. The only way to survive spiritually is to be determined to let God prevail in our lives, to learn to hear his voice and to use our energy to help get, gather Israel. Mm -hmm. I love that. Something that, that I popped out there was to go and it's a little homework assignment for myself, was to find everywhere that he has um, used that, that phrase. In order to survive spiritually, this needs to happen, right? And so if you have like the principle that a equals B and B equals C, then A must equal C kind of a thing. And so I kind of want to do like word replacements with those things. So um, like, for example, the one where he says, in a coming day, only those men who have paid the price for priesthood power will be able to save those they love, etc. cetera. Um, or uh, what's the other one? Uh, we'll not be able to survive spiritually without the the continual guiding influence of, of the spirit or something like that in the coming days it will not be possible to survive spiritually without the guiding directing comforting and constant influence of the holy ghost it's in chapter five chapter five that says yeah. right there chapter five anyway just kind of gathering all of those and doing word replacements on it and kind of doing a study on there because i think it's very interesting on uh this one uh to learn to hear his voice and to use our energy to help gather Israel. I find that an interesting 
like why those words and kind of comparing those and replacing them with uh, the other things that he said. So uh, obviously we know we're at battle for our spiritual lives. And it seems like almost every talk or at least every conference, he gives us a new tip or <laughs> kind of phrase or whatever of like to spiritually survive. Here you go. Kind of a thing. Like he's just given us these um different tools to, to put in our, our kit in order to um, prepare. Uh, the talk yeah. that we have in, in group A, always be prepared, like never stop preparing kind of a thing. And I think that those are fun little nuggets. Yeah, also in that one too, I noticed um, the only way to survive spiritually is to be determined to let God prevail in our lives where before, he, in this talk, he said, willing, you know, to choose to, but I feel like be determined is stronger than both of those words. You know, determined is like, you are going to do it. I'm going to do it no matter what, <laughs> you know, not just willing. So I, I thought that was an interesting choice of words. It's like he introduces it throughout the talk. And then at the end says, in order to survive spiritually, you have to be determined. Yeah, that's true. I, I love that increasing. Yeah, I never would have caught that. That's awesome. Right? And then- We have such a great group here, don't we? I mean- I love it. I love deep diving with you guys. I, I, was, I was thinking about this today. You know, today in Relief Society, we, taught, we did a talk, you know, a conference talk. And what if our Relief Society and Priesthood lessons, when we did a conference talk, were like this, right? Mm -hmm. Where everybody went through, and wouldn't that just be amazing? I was just thinking about that as I was listening to all of the input from everybody and how, how insightful everyone is. And I'm just so very appreciative um, of all of y'all. I love it. Amen. Because it really doesn't take that much effort. You got to just read the talk, ponder it, and then come ready to discuss kind of a thing. You know, we all have lots of different experiences and examples that, that really tie into it. And so many times, and, you know, I, I find myself there a lot of times too with, uh, you know, Sunday school lessons or whatever. Um, it's just, yeah. don't put forth the effort, then it, it sometimes just falls flat on its face. And so when you have a whole group who hasn't read anything, hasn't done any homework. So like, I just love studying with, with you guys. Cause I mean, you don't have to be awake. You don't have to be anything special. You just got to put, be willing, be willing. And what was the encouragement determined. Determined to, to let God prevail? Then we can yeah. come have some real great discussions. And if we use our, to do the gathering of the Lord, gathering of Israel, I mean, how many times have we hesitated going to the temple or whatever because of the, the cost of gas or or the you'd have to take time off of work or et cetera? You know, in this particular case, as you pointed that out, I see that if we are willing to make the sacrifice to pay whatever the price is to gather that is part of Israel, then the Lord will more than make up for the, the sacrifice that we make. So we might see it as a sacrifice to begin with, but the Lord will, he will sustain us and reimburse. It's kind of like planting seeds. 
uh, it's another part of the, the promise of Abraham, where you will always have posterity. Abraham never had problems with giving away stuff because he knew the Lord would always replace it and then some. Mm -hmm. So that's where it, one of those tests of our faith. Yeah, I love that. Well, and we didn't even have time to talk about all the things he's willing to do for us once we do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, because I was just going to kind of mention um, kind of his uh, last challenge there or whatever in 33. But yes, well, I mean, we kind of skipped over all of the, the things that he's willing to do. Um, well, but, the Lord said he'll fight our battles and our children's battles and our children's children's battles to the third and fourth generation. What are our battles? What are the battles that we are fighting? What are the battles our children are dealing with or our grandchildren, if we have them? What are those battles? Yeah. The Lord will fight them. I mean, that's better than any mama bear, right? <laughs> exactly. We know he'll win. <laughs> he'll fight and he'll win. He'll. And yeah, so. It's an amazing promise. Yeah. Um, so like in verse 33, as you study your scriptures during the next six months, I encourage you to make a list of all that the Lord has promised he will do for covenant Israel. And I think you'll be astounded. I remember uh, doing that, that thing or what I'm sure I could probably add a whole bunch more to, to what I originally studied. I'm going to have to pull that back out. But I remember thinking, holy cow, there's way more here than than I originally thought I was being so myopic and then it expanded my vision. And I'm sure the Lord will continue to expand that vision, but to ponder the promises and then talk about them with family and friends uh, and then live and watch for these promises to be fulfilled in your own life. I think that that's such a profound uh, principle there. You study, you talk about them and then you live them and watch the Lord work his his miracles i oh, man <laughs> it was just so profound and then um for those of you that might have listened to the talk again in in verse 34 as he's given his his testimony he i can't if he puts emphasis or he kind of gets a little choked up on it but um he says as a people we are his covenant children and then he his, his voice changes his inflection changes and we will be called by his name. And, and that just hit me so hard as I re-listened to the talk. If you haven't uh, listened uh, to that last part, I encourage just listen to his final little testimony there. It, it's very powerful that we will be called by his name. Well, when did he just talk about the, new, the name of the church? Mm -hmm. Right? When was that? I think it was a, a year ago, so October 2019, I believe. I don't know. I kind of get some of these out of order. Or wait, was it the very first conference, April? No. Mm -hmm. No, I think it was in October, but it might have been in 18, 2018. I don't know. Let's look it up. It was it's chapter 13, the correct name of the church, 2018. Um, yeah. So you have that. And then, you know, he said, we will be called, right? We will be called by his name. 
And then I was just listening this morning to Elder Stevenson's talk from last conference, which would have been October of 21. And he was again talking about the name of the church mm -hmm. a year later. So, you know, it's something that there are still so many places that don't want to use the right name of the church, yeah. you know? So he, they've asked in 2018, he said, we will be known by his name, you know, in 2020. Um, I, I think that that's also um, alluding to the fact that there are a lot of um, Christians out there who don't see us as Christian, right? But he's like, we will be known as this. And then in Elder Stevenson's talk, when he talked about that um, in this last conference, it was the next to the last um, talk. It was the name of the church is not negotiable, mm -hmm. right? And he he talked about that, about um, the name of the church is not negotiable. Let us go forward in faith. When we willingly follow the counsel of the Lord as revealed through his living prophet, especially if it runs counter to our initial thinking, requiring humility and sacrifice, the Lord blesses us with additional spiritual power and sends his angels to support us and stand by us. We receive the Lord's affirmation and his approval. That's pretty profound. So tie that in with the last, you know, those other two and you know. Yeah, I love it. It was interesting. Uh, Kathy Larson in group A was saying that at her state conference uh, last week, that um, Elder Yagi kept referring to it, it's just the Church of Jesus Christ. He never would say, well, I mean, he never would. That's a blanket statement. <laughs> but he kept saying just the Church of Jesus Christ, never added the uh, of Latter-day Saints, just the Church of Jesus Christ, Church of Jesus Christ, get used to that. <laughs> kind mm -hmm. of they called by his name. Uh, so many times we want to um, uh, summarize. I can't remember which group we talked about nicknames and, and uh, shortening things, right? Trying to truncate it always. But um, always having respect for the name because upon the name is what we call. Uh, we call upon the name. Sorry, that was kind of muddled. But um, and that we will be called by his name. I mean, names are so important. And yet we just... We try to shorten things. We try to uh, skip over, I, I don't know, what what there is all in Satan's arsenal about names, but um, names are important to speak, to to call upon, and to honor and revere kind of thing. There's, there's so yeah. much. I, I think it's interesting, you know, Elder Anderson in his talk, he was talking about how for years they'd wanted to purchase the domain names of churchofjesuschrist.org and churchofjesuschrist.com. And that as soon as President Nelson announced, this is what we're going to do, we don't know how it's gonna happen, but this is what we're gonna do, those domain names came available and then they were for sale. And so they were able to acquire them. But you know, at the time I thought, well, it's, it's just a shortened name, right? It's not Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, it's, it's <laughs> yeah, Church of Jesus Christ. You know, and it's not the Church of Jesus Christ. You know, if you go there, I think you get Sydney Brignan's offshoot or something like that. Because I, I looked it up when it, back in 2018. But 
church of Jesus Christ. That's how we're going to be known. That's the web address everybody's going to see. Everything reroutes to that. We still own all the other ones, right? But they're all pointed back to church of Jesus Christ. We will be known as, you know, as President Nelson says, we will be called by his name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. So I thought that was kind of cool how that all came together. Mm-hmm. And I just happened to be listening to that talk this morning. I, isn't it funny how all that kind of lines up? There are no coincidences. No, not at all. I don't believe in them anymore. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Because our God is a God of miracles, right? He says that right here in verse 34. Our God is a God of miracles. Plans everything. I mean, what, what effort must it take to orchestrate all of that on our behalf? It's, It's quite amazing. Well, you know, if we only use what percentage of our brain, Mm. <laughs> yep. you know, if we only use a tiny percentage, what, 2% or something, imagine, imagine if we had all of our brain power and we weren't slowed down by age or illness or, it, or anything like squirrels. that. <laughs> or squirrels. Or squirrels. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, um, so next week, we're, we're just going to have a bye week um, with general conference. Uh, none of the groups will meet. And then the next week, April 10th, we're going to study the April 2021 general conference. And this group, group B, will be studying or, or focusing on Christ is risen. Faith in him will move mountains. Um, and then uh, two weeks later after that, we'll actually have time to go back and discuss this upcoming general conference that we watched this weekend um but anyway so we're going to go april 2021 october 2021 and then uh, finish up in april 2022 the um as we were going through group c last week um we didn't have time to even cover the the restoration proclamation and so everybody voted <laughs> hopefully unanimously for everyone um but uh we're gonna tack on one extra week onto our our full schedule here where everyone that week will study the the restoration proclamation and and really dive in and, and dissect it so uh, that'll be what the first week in may i believe may, may second Let's see, the 24th. So it'll be May 1st for the Sunday groups and May 4th for the Wednesday group that week. So we're just going to tack on one extra week onto our President Nelson study and uh, really dive into the Restoration Proclamation after that. But yeah, so the next one for, for this group is Christ is risen, faith in him will move mountains. And then we'll go from there. Okay. Sounds wonderful. I love it. Anyway, happy conference. Have a great week. And don't learn too much without me. (laughs) I'm going to have a fear missing out. Get on. You're going to learn. What are you talking about? The learner. Yep. (laughs) I love it. All right. Well, have a great week, everyone. We'll see you. Thanks. Bye. Bye.